0: The Truth Be Told Podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode number seven boundaries. So, dear ones, today's episode I'm going to teach you what a boundary is, why they are important, why they might be hard to set at first, and then how to know when you're ready to set one, and then how to actually set one. So, here we go. Simply stated, Boundaries are our own personal limits in relationships. So when we are clear with our boundaries, we are allowing the people we love and those with whom we are in relationship to understand what we will and will not accept. It's really important to understand that boundaries are for us and not for the other person. It's not about trying to control someone's behavior. So it's not an ultimatum, right? It is more about not expecting them to change, but it is being just very clear about what you are okay with and what you are not, and then following through if and when your boundaries are crossed. So for many of us, the novel practice of setting boundaries, it feels really scary at first. It's often accompanied by some overwhelm, some guilt, some confusion, and sometimes some fear, and especially if you've been raised with the false belief that you are responsible for the emotional states of others. So a good way to know if you weren't modeled boundaries uh, growing up, (laughs) number one would be that you have a difficult time understanding if the emotional response of other people is your responsibility. You have a hard time knowing what's yours or theirs, okay? Number two would be you question if you have a right to have time to yourself or if you're being selfish. And then number three is you feel fear, guilt, or shame around saying no and declining to do something you don't want to do. It's just really good for you to know that emotionally well people understand, honor, and respect the boundaries of others. So the more we practice boundary setting, the more we can show up from a place of authenticity rather than obligation. Because if, you lo- if you've if you learned anything from these past episodes of this podcast, we talk about this and how obligation always leads to resentment. So many of us don't have or understand boundaries because, as I said, we were not modeled clear boundaries by possibly our parent figures or our boundaries were consistently violated or ignored by families and society, okay? So often we didn't see this being modeled for us growing up. Maybe we just didn't see the adults having clear limits, right? Like honoring their emotional states or honoring their time. So most of us were conditioned to dismiss our boundaries or not even really know what they were in the first place, right? We had parents who ignored them or unconsciously invalidated them. A good example of this would be that, you know, well, there's a few examples. One would be you don't want to go out with a friend and let's say your mom says, just go hang out with her. And yet you have stated you don't really want to go out, hang out with that friend. But your mom says, just go, just have fun or there's an ignoring of your privacy boundaries by someone reading your journal without permission, okay? Or someone going in your room and snooping around your room. So those are some examples of boundaries and people crossing over your boundaries, okay? A good example, I guess, you know, something I'd like to share is a client of mine, Madison, who is a love of a human and a sophomore in college. She was raised in a home where there were no clear boundaries. And if one person felt an emotion, as Madison would describe, the whole family felt that emotion. And she said nothing was private. She always felt responsible for calming everyone down from whatever crisis hit from another. And there happened to be a lot of, you know, crises and because her parents lacked their own boundaries with both themselves and, and others, they perceived boundaries or boundary setting as abandonment, selfishness, or even betrayal. So, of course, you can imagine that setting boundaries was just um, not, not something that was, you know, um, welcomed or accepted. And Madison and I, in our work together, discussed how best for her to start learning how to place boundaries in her relationships because she was experiencing a lot of resentment and struggle within her her interactions and uh, within her close relationships and also just with people in general. And so boundary setting became something we really focused in on. And it was good for her, Madison, to know that, number one, boundaries are for her. They are not about trying to control another person's behavior. And her work is to learn to hold the boundaries regardless of the reaction of someone else. Number two, it was good for her to know that to expect it to be uncomfortable and sometimes very uncomfortable, to breathe through the discomfort as she would practice and practice and practice some more. Number three is to just help her understand that even though she desired to do this, to resist over-explaining. And overstating the boundary just be clear and concise no drama necessary and stick to the facts stay objective and then number four was remembering that emotionally well people welcome set and respect boundaries so Madison learned to communicate her needs without focusing on the other person she began her boundary setting with her own needs not how she would like someone to behave, okay? So we started small but at the same time big in terms of we, we tackled it a little bit with her relationship with her mom. And it just one particular area was that Madison's mom was consistently sending her 10 or more texts a day, okay? And she was often exacerbated with Madison and frustrated with her when she didn't reply immediately. And as a response, initially, Madison's reply was, Mom, I need you to stop bombarding me with these texts before I get a chance to reply. Okay, so imagine that that was her initial reply. But then in light of trying to approach this from more of a healthy boundary setting perspective, Madison decided to state her boundary a little differently. And this is what she said. Mom, I need some space to respond to your text messages. If I don't respond within the time you would like, know that I will get back to you within 24 hours. And if you keep texting me, I will not respond at all. So as you can imagine, this wasn't necessarily well received initially by her mom. I think there was some anger and her mom was adamant that this was not okay. But Madison knew deep down that this was a healthy boundary for her, and she needed to set it, and she wanted to follow through with it. So she said, instead of acquiescing to her mom and her mom's anxiety and frustration, Madison stayed the course, and she gently and firmly held her boundary in place. So remember, a clear statement of a boundary in this situation allowed for Madison's mom to choose how she wanted to respond. Madison wasn't attempting to control her mom. She was just stating what was true for her and what she would do if, in fact, her mom crossed that boundary. She stated her fall through, basically. And she objectively stated it, how she would respond if her mom crossed her boundary. And although it took a period of weeks to get on the same page for them, her mom ultimately got on board because she wanted to be in touch with her daughter, and she realized that her impulsivity and prolific texting was coming more from her trying to meet her own needs of connection and her own fear of abandonment and also quelling her own anxiety. So when I spoke to Madison's mom after the boundary setting had taken root, she shared an insight that she had based on this experience, which was, She was surprised at this too, but she said, I felt even more and feel even more connected to Madison now because I'm not trying to control her and manipulate her. And there's such a freedom in that. And she said, I was surprised at how much it freed me from something that I felt was just a non-negotiable. And her mom had no awareness of it in the first place, really. She was just kind of going through the motions. And Madison setting the boundary created an awareness and then an ability for the two of them to shift the dynamic of their relationship. So again, boundaries are our clear lines and limits, and they are the marker of healthy relationships. They demonstrate our self-worth and our self-love by compassionately and objectively speaking them and then also honoring at the same time The other person's limits. It goes both ways. So when we set boundaries, we're not looking to control another person, right? It's important to understand that everyone has a right to feel the way way they do about the boundaries we set. All we can control is our response to that. We can resist explaining and over-explaining and overstating the boundary, and we can follow through even when It is super uncomfortable. This is the path of self-empowerment. Truly, it's about restoring our self-worth and avoiding the resentment that comes from not honoring our limit. Okay? So to develop emotional maturity, it takes work and practice. The practice of being conscious, right? To be aware as you navigate new ways of responding. And then this brings confidence Because as we respond in new ways, we're also sending a clear message to both our mind and our body that I am resilient. I can choose how I respond. I can allow a perspective outside of my own without fighting or denying it. I can stop outsourcing and seeking control and the control to, you know, create and manipulate other people's emotions around me, right? So I can stop seeking to control them and their emotions. And I believe that teaching someone how to take back power over their own thoughts and feelings is the most empowering work that we can do. And that is what coaching is, my friends. It is powerful. Learning what and how to set a boundary is a major part Of our healing journey and I like to think about it like it's a spiritual process really it allows us to be in clear connection and relationship with ourselves and others and best of all it comes from a healthy and grounded place so let's talk a little bit about the different types of boundaries which include physical boundaries which are around our physical limits and personal space okay And there are resource boundaries, boundaries around your time and energy. And there's emotional boundaries, how you feel, with whom you engage, what parts of yourself you share. And then there's material boundaries. And this is around things, your own things, I should say, and how they're used and then how they're treated. Okay, so examples. Let's say a material boundary might sound like, If you'd you'd like to borrow my things, please ask me first. Or you're welcome to wear my clothes. Just please bring them back the next day in good condition. Okay, so those are some examples of material boundaries. Physical boundaries sound like I've had a really emotional week and I need some space to be quiet and replenish. Please call me before coming over. Or it could be please don't touch me like that again. Okay, resource boundaries, in terms of time, could be, I can come to your gathering or your party, and I'm only able to stay for an hour before I head home. Or it is Friday evenings or family time, so I'm not available. And then emotional boundaries, examples, and what these, these can sound like would be, I'm emotionally exhausted, so I'm going to need to pause from this conversation. We can resume another time. Or would you be willing to offer support instead of advice while I share what's happening for me recently? Okay, so these are all examples, just something for you to to keep in mind in terms of what kinds of boundaries there are and the different types. So a boundary has nothing to do with how bad the behavior is. And most of us think of it like this, right? We believe it is there to keep us safe from other people, and that a boundary is appropriate when someone else's behavior gets bad enough. But in fact, this can be very subjective. So it gets in the way of setting and staying true to our boundaries. Instead, I think, you know, if you believe that someone else's behavior is bad and wrong, what we do as human beings is we want to then try to change their behavior, right? The boundary will be to try to control and manipulate them and their behavior, Instead, I want you to consider that this isn't a boundary at all. It's never about to change someone else's behavior. A boundary is for you. It is the action you will take if something happens that you have decided that you don't want to be around. Okay, so let me give you some ideas and examples of what boundary setting would be in these, you know, different situations. Let's say your friend has too much to drink. So what do you do? You call an Uber and you get a ride home. Okay. Or a group of friends are gossiping about someone and you choose to step out and go for a walk. Uh, Let's say your boyfriend wants to be physical, but you're not in the mood. So you say, no, thanks. Let's just hold hands. And you curl up in a blanket and watch a movie. Or your mom talks about your weight and you tell her, mom, I love you. And no, And then if your mom does it again, you walk out of the room. Or a person with whom you are good friends and also have had the occasion of hooking up with wants to get serious. However, you're not comfortable with this and you desire to just keep things on a friendship level. So what do you do to set that boundary? You call them and you let them know this and that this is your desire before you see them again. Okay? These are all examples, again, of boundary setting. They can be anything. But again, the boundary is not determined by how bad the behavior is, right? It's determined by what you are okay with and want to be around or not. So boundaries need to come from two places, I believe. One is that you are coming from a place of love for you and your needs. Okay? Okay. And then number two is you're 100% ready to enforce the stated boundary. So often I have clients that set a boundary, and when they do this, they're hoping it will change the other person's behavior so that they don't have to enforce it. Right? They just believe by setting that boundary, it's all good. And then they hope that that this will just change the behavior of the, the friend or acquaintance or loved one, by, by just telling them the boundary, right? And then they will not need to enforce it. But this, my friends, is not effective because guess what? Rarely are people willing to change their behavior. And because of that, you get to, you're, and, and recognizing that by setting this boundary or stating the boundary, if you're not ready to keep the boundary and then they keep doing what they're doing, you're not ready to take the action necessary to enforce it, right? Then you get caught in the crazy train of trying to control and manipulate someone else. And then guess what? You're not being true to you. And this whole scenario creates a lot of unnecessary emotional drama. Remember, a boundary has to come from love, not manipulation and or control. Unlike what most people might believe, it isn't coming out of rejection of or hate or dislike for another person and their behavior, right? And it isn't coming out of a belief that they are not allowed to be doing what they are doing and they should stop. From where does it come? It actually comes out of love for yourself and a commitment to your truth and what you are or are not willing to be around or experience. So you might wonder, why is this so important? And here's why. If you believe that the other person's behavior is wrong and shouldn't be happening, you will be emotionally resistant to it. And guess what, my friends? When we are emotionally resistant to things, we want them to change. We become so mentally and emotionally focused on the other person and what is wrong with them and then trying to change them rather than staying in our lanes and being mentally and emotionally focused and caring for ourselves and taking whatever action we need to take for ourselves, to love and care for us. So when we try to take you know, make a boundary from a place of resistance and believing someone else is wrong and bad, it becomes about them in your thoughts and actions. And if you have listened to my podcast, my friends, this is never effective. Our power is not in changing other people, right? Our power is in honoring and taking care of ourselves and staying in our own lanes. So let's say I make a boundary from a place of unconditional love for myself. And I know that the other person is allowed to do whatever they are doing. I can't stop them. I can't control them, and I know they have agency. They get to be and do and say and not do and not say whatever they want. But I also know that whatever they are doing is an absolute boundary for me, okay? It could be anything. They could be drinking too much or not giving me space or yelling or screaming, right? I know that whenever that thing happens, I immediately know that I am removing myself from the situation. It has nothing to do with whose fault it is, right? I don't have to spend mental energy thinking about any of that because I know that my boundary is that if someone does that thing or says or does whatever it is, then I either end the interaction or I leave the space immediately. It's a non-negotiable. As you can imagine, this approach gives us so much more power and freedom. And why? Because this is a classic staying in your own lane, being accountable for your own words and actions, and being responsible for you, no one else. You're taking responsibility for your own thoughts and feelings, no matter what someone else is doing. And guess what? This is actually the most important and liberating thing you can do. So remember, when someone crosses your boundary, the teaching is always the same. If you make a boundary that is intended to stop the other person's behavior, that is not a boundary, right? It's an ultimatum, and it won't work, at least long term. The person, literally, they can tell that you are trying to control them, and they will be resistant to it. And frankly, I think they're acting that way for a reason, and it's their own reason. That's not ours to own. So my sense is they will probably keep acting this way. Gently remind yourself that their action flows from their thought and feelings, which you can't control. And because your intent was to really change them, you're not going to be committed to the boundary and carrying it out. You're going to feel even worse than before. So this is how you make a boundary, my friends. Number one, you coach yourself until you feel clear about what that boundary is and what your limits are. You know that the other person will likely not change their behavior, and you are totally okay with that. Okay? You know and understand that they are allowed to behave however they want, and that the boundary is for you and not to control them. So you're coming from love, especially for yourself. And then the other person, hopefully you're coming from love for them too. But if not, all good. More just acceptance, I would say. They have human autonomy, just like you do. And they are making choices with it. And they are allowed to do with it whatever they want. There's no emotional resistance to this, okay? Number two is decide exactly what the boundary is. Where's your line? right what is the action that they would take and then what do you do if and when that transpires be very specific so let's say an example would be if your mom keeps talking to you about your weight you're going to give her one verbal warning which is i love you and no and then she brings it up again you leave the room it's simple and you know what it lacks in drama but it's so powerful You know this, that you don't always have to tell people that you have a boundary, okay? It might just be for you and your own personal knowing. And just know that what you will do in the event something happens, okay? So sometimes it might be that there's a family member being rude to maybe just the group, right? They're just being rude in their behavior, okay? The boundary is for you is that when this happens, you're going to leave the room, You've just made that decision ahead of time. It's not about that person, right? You just do that for yourself. It's not that they're directing it at you, but you know when they start acting this way, you're going to set that boundary and leave the room. Okay. Number three is commit to keeping the boundary and mean it. No half-assing it, my friends. You will have a hard time keeping a boundary if you're not able to be all in okay, you'll know that you are not ready to make it if you can't keep it, right, or if you're not feeling very peaceful while keeping it, all right, and that struggle can be real. You got to coach yourself through it, and you want to come from love, knowing what you are going to do when time and when the time is to enforce the boundary, okay, and then enforcing for your own self, not against them, right? But for you, this is your own personal limit. And then be very committed to that. Okay. Know that without boundaries, there will be resentment. So that's always a red flag for you. It's just an awareness. When you're feeling resentful, take a pause, look around, lift your head, and notice what is at play. Okay. Often when you're resentful, you feel taken advantage of or you're emotionally drained. Okay. But as you learn to set boundaries, you will get clear feedback on the person's level of emotional maturity, okay? Sometimes our boundaries might be completely ignored or argued, or if the person has a deep fear of abandonment, right, they may even try to shame you. And they might say things like, you're so selfish. Or, who do you think you are? But remember, my friends, your work is to set those boundaries without any drama necessary. And be very clear as to what those lines are for yourself, those limits, okay? Your work is to breathe, to pause before you habitually react and over-explain and then engage in the circular arguments, right? Or trying to get the person to respect the boundary. That's not your job. Your job is to state the line and then enforce it, okay? Gently and firmly. The most difficult part of this practice is allowing someone their own reaction while remaining objective and calm. It's possible, my friends. It truly is. And how do you do this? Keep practicing and keep re-listening to this episode if needed, okay? This boundary setting allows us to follow through with our boundaries even if the person is highly triggered. And that is key for all of us. Okay, remember, boundaries are the path to inner peace. I hope this helps. I hope you guys can take this and implement, practice in your own lives, practice setting these boundaries, notice and and know that this is all about a continuation of just coming into your own and learning and being true, learning about who you are where your lines are, what your limits are, and then learning how to put those in place and honor them and, and, frankly, create and cultivate healthy relationships for yourself, okay? This life is something that is so, so sweet, and yet it also can be so loaded and hard and confusing, The more we get clear on ourselves and what is true for us, the less confusion there is, the more peace there is. And this is what I hope for all each and every one of you. Okay. I love you guys as always, and I'll see you next week. Take care. Lots of love. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. When you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.